I was Alec Baldwin, I probably would have just, you know, like I would have never set foot on a set ever again. Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about that. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, I don't even know how you would, not that I care about Alec Baldwin's career, but how do you right. bring that back on track after this? Like, Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, welcome to Art and Labor, folks. This is the podcast about the intersection of art and cultural workers. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Sarah Crow. I'm joined here by OK Fox and our wonderful guest, Alec. Sorry. Robbins. I, Robbins. All right. Cool. <laughs> That's Just correct. All, all Alec Robbins, not today. Alec Baldwin. Very yeah. different, Alec. <laughs> very different. Yeah, also, not Alec Guinness and not Alec Trevelyan <laughs> from Goldeneye. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a deep cut. Um, I only remember it because he has my name, because yeah. I would have forgotten that character otherwise. <laughs> you just like uh, categorically keep track of all the Alex. Yeah, I got to keep there. tabs on all the Alex. That's yeah. important. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry for the the weird energy uh, just so the listeners know me and sarah are recording in the same house in different rooms because um one one of our like three mixers is broken somehow and um don't can't really figure it out it's the wild <laughs> west out here uh with these um, cords yeah <laughs> so of course we're we're off to our our usual very put together very prepared um start to the show and very um good energy clean makes sense um <laughs> focused um not hearing two different voices in the same room or or whatever the hell's going on with us right now it's very spooky i guess the vibe yeah that's sure appropriate that's appropriate for end of october um it's supposed to be spooky <laughs> are you gonna be anything for halloween Yes, but this is a sore subject because I ordered for the first time ever a very expensive for oh, me like cosplay cool. quality costume. Oh my god, off Etsy? And, um, I, no, it was like some some custom costume website. Oh my god, that's um, even better. I was gonna. I mean, I guess I'll spoil it here, but I'm I'm Exclusive. eventually going to be Leo Fotia yeah. from Promare. Oh my god. Wow. That's a good one. This is like a great this is honestly a great <laughs> podcast to break this news on because we are we we are a pro promare podcast. Like I'm, I'm I love it so much. Yeah. And I haven't even seen it. Wait, so do you have um do you do you have Oh my god, it's been a while since who's the blue guy? Who's the blue guy? What's Gallo. his name? Gallo. Yeah. So my partner Casey um ideally would be gala with me but we don't live in the same city right now so there's already oh. there's already that complication but yeah that the idea would be yes we would just pair time together yeah we'll night. just do it for ourselves over facetime oh my god that would well, be so great no, no, bring me. it around so that you can talk to people at the party yes like, that's we'll, a, i won't be group. able to be in the costume at a party at all because <laughs> because oh. the nice uh, costume website told me it hasn't even shipped yet and will not oh. ship until after halloween but i ordered it like a month ago so i really yeah. thought it was safe yeah no i think like uh it's just a total breakdown of the supply chain folks they're just yeah lots it's not of really it's not even like the it, it it's probably the costumers supplies are yes delayed. no i believe it's totally just like they didn't do anything wrong <laughs> i just uh i thought i gave them enough time that's all I mean, I think it, I think in 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 normal time you'd be fine, but we live in freaking hell world 
<laughs> it's bad That's and it right. only gets yeah. worse uh, <laughs> and shit is breaking down around us well, you and... make me feel a lot better thank you <laughs> the the uh, conveyor belt of candy <laughs> that goes straight into our mouth is slowing down significantly <laughs> <laughs> and i'm <laughs> oh. you know i think also <clears throat> like free reign to like that's what's the good thing about being an anime character for halloween is because cosplay is a year-round experience yes i'll be able to use yeah, it right. i had yeah. a moment where i was like do i refund this order and i'm like no no I'm it'll come in i'm handy. gonna use this yeah. yeah yeah you never know i do have the wig the wig showed up already so if i wanted to just have a green wig i'll be fine oh that's great. you could do okay so you could do different versions of leo um you could do the the version where it's like kind of just like the cravat and the white shirt yes i'm serious i'm dead serious and then all you need is just like a nice pair of black pants and a nice pair of black boots you're, you're dead, I, no you're giving me good ideas this, there's ways to salvage this <laughs> i mean I also this is unrelated but i or not unrelated to halloween um but i got a devil costume that's just like sp- red spandex oh, that yeah. i'm gonna wear for a comedy show but now oh, I might perfect. just have to resort yeah. to that as my costume. <laughs> no, mean, no, no, no. Classics clutch. are classics for a reason. That's true. Be Satan. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Do you, do you know this um, account that is amazing? I think they're based in Thailand and they're called Low Cost Cosplay. And it's just... <laughs> I think Ooh, I've seen okay. these images. I'm, I didn't know the account existed. I'm looking that yeah. up. He's, he's amazing. I'm he's like right now. He's so like, resourceful. Yeah, like something like his hair is slicked back or he poses just right for the photo to make it look <laughs> like there's an anime effect going on. He'll do like a, a colander and like a plunger and like, yes. just, like position it and like... <laughs> Oh, like maybe yeah. maybe put some like blue tape on the plunger and like then like I, he's <laughs> I love it. I've seen those and I love them, but I need to to criticize one thing about them, which is <laughs> they are made for photos, not for wearing around. That's very That's true. true. Yeah, because so I'm you can, yeah, it's just the photo costume. It's not one for a party. I'm looking at one right now where um, he's just got five sugar snap peas to be the fingers of the Hulk. <laughs> Oh, I've seen that and one. he's green and that's the costume he's a genius yeah. he's, he's hard a, really he is like, a, yeah. I will say he's a proletarian cosplayer because oh, yeah. it's like you know and it's literally like anybody can buy sugar snap peas that's true know. and he's proved everybody loves these costumes so what are we doing spending a hundred bucks on Leophodia costumes well I feel like there was for a while like a kind of in in the mid 2000s late 2000s when i was paying attention to anime conventions like there was the like it was a thing that you would make them you would make a gundam out of like the shittiest boxes in your house yes that was part of our culture don't you think alex yeah that was part of yeah that's that's important it's like in the same category (laughs) as you would see um i was thinking about this recently man fey oh my god Manfei would be uh, when people would dress he, up as Faye Valentine from Cowboy Bebop. Oh, but yes. They were like big and hairy. And so the joke was like, ha ha, big hairy person is. I've like, seen that with multiple characters. Yeah. That's and Manfei was, like, was yeah. a guy who would come to all the conventions. Also. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that. There oh, there's was a specific girl. person. Okay. It's like, it's like the real life Peter guy. Griffin guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, br- I briefly dated a man, Misty, but very brief. Um, th- that was a, a whole culture thing, too. Like, I like that's what I love about costume and theater and stuff in general is that, like, it, like, it, people just like experiment and do weird shit. And that's why oh, I love yeah. about Halloween. Uh, yes. And, and Halloween culture in general, it, it just, it's like total free reign on people. There's so much to like about Halloween. Try. It's it's creative, it's demonic, it's chaotic, it's it's candy. Well, I think what what cosplay has over Halloween is that, like, the stakes are very high on Halloween for people who Mm. only dress up once a year. Um, Which means the costumes have to really be good. No, actually, I don't... See, that's the thing, is, like, I think people at conventions usually go bigger. Yeah. (laughs) They do now, but I feel like you know, I I really relish the or like early convention photos, like like photos from like seventies yes. sci fi yeah. conventions, so like pre Instagram era where you couldn't make a career out of cosplay. It's just this enthusiastic like yeah, and, and it's like it's so resourceful. Character. It's all it's it's similarly proletarian because it's like you you use your your local. Mm-hmm whatever you can get like and <laughs> and you make your version of whatever princess leia like yeah and it's i like not, that yeah it's not this like highly specialized thing yeah there's, yeah there's something good about it. there's like a yeah it's just nice to see every piece of it feels like you could have put it together yourself so it feels like that costume belongs to the collective you're like i could do that one next but i also love supporting costumers and i have a lot of friends who work as like costumers they and maybe they'll they'll, like a big gig for them would be like Mm -hmm. um getting a a a rupaul's drag race girl like oh yeah oh wow yeah uh, something like that like and and that's like you know their their career and their passion and like and doing costumes for people i think is a beautiful thing too um and I, in particular the the costumers i like yeah have their own like unique flair they're not just like this is my you know <laughs> well i would is, so yeah. i was having this conversation with a friend recently who was like you know uh on those early seasons of drag race like you really were doing absolutely everything yourself and now you have a lot of people who kind of don't do any one part of the process so how what do you think of that how what are your huge because it's I mean, like yeah you know what i think of that we had like a whole so we had like a whole discussion on on this with um in the revolutionary art class where i don't know if i was there you weren't there for this one uh, oh, but, okay yeah, but yeah. um nick who runs the california ideology class plug for that because that class rocks yeah. um put together a really good presentation about rupaul's drag race um yes. yeah uh it's on the main theme of, of art and labor if if people go back and listen to it but like yeah that's like a whole that's a whole friggin can of worms <laughs> the drag <laughs> the politics of drag race but that's not why alec is here today but i do <laughs> no, love but... i do love our tangent on into costumes and legit Wait, that does bring us to tv <laughs> it does bring us to tv like I love and 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 promare. I always say promare because I'm a um, nerd, but it's promare. Well, so that's the oh, thing. Okay. I have I have friends that say promare too. I say promare because that's what they say in the dub. That's what they say. <laughs> so no, I, not just I the say, dub. Yeah. Not just the yeah. dub. The sub too. Oh really? They say it. Yeah, they say promare. So then it's so then it's promare. Okay, it is. Fine. It is. Get with the picture. 
Um, it's fine. Don't worry, guys. I've been saying Dennis Villanueva for the past like <laughs> three weeks. I was watching something. I was like, this motherfucker is Canadian? Like, what? <laughs> Don't worry. I've been That's saying a- Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that. I mean, I you know, uh, Promare is is um, a beautiful movie about labor as well, mm. and um, about like, uh, you know, uh, an Elon Musk type um, utilizing uh, people as human fuel to uh, escape the planet, and uh, it's so good and everyone should watch it it's amazing it, it surprised me how much uh i knew i was just gonna like it as like a visual feast but i was like this this movie's got something to say yeah i i saw it in theaters three times i really liked i i did i twice yeah i went twice i didn't see it three times but i would have it was yeah. limited time showing so i couldn't keep going yeah they kept like bringing it back screening it in different places in new york because there's like all of these fujoshis that live here who are just like <laughs> fill a whole theater and they know it yeah they did that here too i don't know i, I assume yeah Kelly's yeah. not the biggest anime uh i do feel i do feel lucky that big. i saw i saw it before it was like an entire theater of fujoshi and like i could just wow. like kind of i could just kind of watch it normal but i do i do in, enjoy the experience of watching it with a bunch of squealing people that's very fun also yeah yeah Yeah, the second time i watched it the i mean the first time like the kiss at the end got a big reaction but the second time it was like i think people who had already seen it and were just like waiting for it and just yeah erupted erupted. (laughs) this is so i mean this is i love this because you know this type of like um you know horny cartoon talk is very in line with your work also so yeah i think it's all in line (laughs) big time (laughs) it's so Um, funny i've been thinking a lot lately of like i've always been uh in the comedy world and secretly in like the anime horny nerd world and through mr boop i was able to merge those for myself and i feel like i'm unshackled and free to do whatever i want now (laughs) totally yeah 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 being able to tap into something like super libidinal um is is delightful and i'm happy for you (laughs) thank you i'm happy for me too (laughs) (laughs) well we were talking we were talking about it before we started recording but like I was saying, even though it's like clear, there's hundreds of hundreds of these strips at this point. And uh, but it's kind of such an insane idea that it can only really be like it it feels like you're just riding a wave like set by a muse in a way like it it like builds its own universe. And then it's like, oh, well, the next logical step is. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. A lo- I mean, a the- huge part of it is because I have such like an improv comedy background yeah. <laughs> that I, that I was like, well, I have the larger beats mapped out. And then as I was writing it, I was just like, ah, I'm going right to take a hard left turn. Cause it feels right. And so it felt like a performance too. Cause like the whole time I was doing it every, I mean, a live, it was like a live show because I'm posting these trips like three to five times a week and then mm-hmm. getting reactions and then being able to play off those reactions, mm-hmm. which like the comic I'm doing now, crime hot, um, I'm doing like each chapter all in one go and then posting it at once. So yeah. I don't get the same sort of like feedback loop as I had. You're also like kind of in character online. Um, yeah. 
It was very on cinema. It was very like very on cinema. <laughs> <laughs> people would play along, and I'd play along with them. And then it, it was funny because like there were times when I'm getting exhausted pretending to be married to Betty Boop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then someone shot you in the head at your house, and then you died. Yeah. And we're talking to an angel <laughs> in heaven. Yeah, it started to break. There, there, you couldn't keep the kayfabe up. Like. <laughs> that's like i love that stake to it i think that's my favorite part is that like um you go like completely full tilt it's not just like yeah um a little titillating libidinal you're like shoot me in the fucking head yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what like kind of separates it for me from like it's all unhinged yeah it's yeah, unhinged it's in every so, direction it's yeah. just so unhinged that i just think you can't not find it delightful but that that's and that's the same reason why i find like tales got trolled like just oh yeah absolutely i tried very hard to like distance myself i didn't want to like copy it or evoke it as as much as i like could i was trying to but yeah like that's a huge influence it was a big yeah you can't you can't not separate the type of that type it's it's kind of its own way of making a comic that is like embedded into the internet which Mm -hmm. is like the the genre of fan comics so it's like you you're in that and it is like and and everybody's coming like all the the viewers of the work are coming at it from like different points of like irony and sincerity yeah Um, it was a huge thing to navigate sorry i didn't mean to interrupt yeah no 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 no, yeah go ahead (laughs) because because i mean you also like i'm using the language of those like uh that what's that viral post of the guy whose birthday it is and he's like all the fictional characters oh, in the world coming i know yeah. i know game master anthony right. very well because we share a birthday and <laughs> game master I, anthony, thank you i get to talk i get to be like what's up my man every year <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna change that post to be about you <laughs> i have yeah <laughs> good but yeah like uh starting mr boop i was already very quick like i saw it on 4chan like people linked me to like 4chan threads about it and oh wow we- yeah. weirdly i was like oh this means this is connecting with people even though i hate yeah. that world yeah. but yeah. i remember reading it and reading those replies and and people weren't sure if i was uh serious or not <laughs> and yep. for whatever reason i know this might not be the case for other people working in like a similar style or like with subject matter like that but I was like, I don't want people to not be sure. So I would try very hard to put more clues in to let people know that I'm in on the joke. Or like, I just felt like if the joke is going to be, they're only going to enjoy it if they think something's wrong with me. I didn't want to be a part of it. So I. Yeah. Well, it's possible. The thing is, it's impossible. Um, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm coming from a similar um type of work because I, I do this Sonic the Hedgehog themed birthday party every year um, <laughs> and I've done it for five years Amazing. and I didn't know about this yeah, yeah well you're in hell or else you yeah. would be <laughs> a guest <laughs> a featured you. guest <laughs> I'd be because it, it is literally all of your favorite video game characters it's, it's a video it's all it's the a, ones from the Sonic universe yeah. it's a game Beautiful. master Anthony positive space and it's like a like a lot of my friends do drag and so we will like i've seen photos i think you've posted photos of this yeah yeah Yeah. so so there's like a drag aspect to it where people are doing um sonic themed performances but then that sounds so fun (laughs) like like, i don't know like you know the the band like machine girl like matt from machine girl (laughs) dj like and like that and he like his work or their work is like very like in line with this sort of like 
ironing sincerity line as well because like like that that whole crew like that's like this is like a crew i've i've run with since college and like this whole time like we've listened to my chemical romance or like we'll put on like i don't know like we'll put on like, I mean, that's me with Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park, yes. Link, like, we'll navigating do that the irony, like, do I, just, do I like this and am I ashamed of it, or do I like it because I like it? Exactly, <laughs> and that's like I think a huge influence on like artists like Machine Girl, um, who like are like kind of then like remixing that or like make you know making collage sort of stuff, but musically, like what you're doing is collage, I think, and 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 like. Oh, yeah. What a what a, a party like Sonic two thousand six club is doing is like collage and um it's uh, the thing with doing collage is that like you like there's there's all these different ways to, to, to look at it. And so some people can look at it like and, and get something completely different out of it. And the thing about like um the artist's like intention is it doesn't even really matter. <laughs> yeah, no, you lose control quick. Like <laughs> It's I know I know what I'm putting out there and I I try to guide it as much as I can and then let it sail away. That's fine with me. No, but like I people think people like will it's... have like meta debates about it forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's so funny like the the job that I have now writing for video games uh I was told that when they first looked through all my stuff they like found Mr. Boop and <laughs> were scared at first. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, kept going through, like, okay, okay, we're good. Now, this is, this is good. (laughs) But that, that first, like, I don't think you, I think a good part of the DNA of Mr. Boop is that when you first see it, if you don't have enough context, it does read as sincere. (laughs) You know, I, well, so I, I saw it, like, when it went viral on Twitter. And I actually, maybe it's just because, like, I, I have been in the comic scene and I know cartoonists and stuff, but I was like, this is too well drawn. (laughs) that's so nice because it's not even like oh like but like well drawn meaning like it like looked the way that it looked intentionally yeah yeah, it's like i i think i've talked about this on the podcast before one of my big pet peeves in movies that we can talk about is um that like kids drawings are always clearly made by adults in movies (laughs) and it makes me so irrationally angry (laughs) because if you have the kid there but it's because you know the kid can only work for two hours or whatever get get someone else's kid to do it just uh, give them a bonus i don't know somebody's got a kid yeah exactly (laughs) like (laughs) that could be a good like child actor job is just to not be in movies but to draw the the pieces of art for yeah, get your every commission horror movie going. with a yeah. crazy scary kid yeah exactly. <laughs> the demon exactly. child I, I do all the drawings for the demon children oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah all right well i you know i i could go down a whole thread about like sincerity and what is sincere oh me like, too i mean i would love like, to yeah it's who Let's even like because who even gives shit like who cares <laughs> maybe maybe like betty boop was a character who was designed to be hot and she's just hot and it's fine like she you know was, definitely thank you for saying so yeah I really, yeah and who cares and who cares if it's sincere or not who gives a shit like <laughs> so the, I, feel- the, uh, I don't know if this might be i i know like three little like betty boop facts because i 
anyway well it was it's really one betty boop fact which is that uh the character is wholesale like just this uh it's based on this one like uh uh singer at the time that it was helen Helen kane and baby monster and so Um, yeah she was i learned a lot about betty yeah i'm sure yeah so it's like (laughs) the one betty boop fact she's from the bronx she's a bronx girl well that whole that whole affair uh is part of why betty boop is such a weird place in the copyright world because like mm-hmm. there was a lawsuit over that over who it was based on and whether the 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 artist it was based on stole it from a different artist yeah and i don't know it's all in like i don't know i guess it's already technically, got levels I love, I love the, I love the fucking IP stealing. It's like, yeah, but then you have all the other IP stealing that you're doing in the comic. Like, oh, it's, yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's like, there's that shit rocks, like bootleg stuff rocks. Like it's, I, I, I love when like, it's, it's to me, it's like you're, you're picking up hieroglyphics to speak like certain languages and to tap into certain. Oh um, yeah. hundred percent. Like. The, every single character that I throw in there that anyone does in a situation like that mm-hmm. has a pre like a pre-existing history that means a lot of things to different people. Yeah. So it's a really, I mean, it, it could be considered cheap, but it's also a very fun like palette to draw from. Like I'm going to use all these shorthand symbols. <laughs> Everyone has a lot of baggage connected with Sonic the Hedgehog. Like there's a part where Gardevoir yep. shows up for one frame. <laughs> And it's like Gardevoir <laughs> got a lot of comments because you you draw Gardevoir in an erotic context and you are going to yep yeah you know <laughs> what you're doing like okay I feel like I recognize Mr. Boop from like um number one and number two like immediately I'm like this is genius and I'm yeah. like if you look at those early threads I'm in them like <laughs> I remember I, re- I, I appreciated it amazing work <laughs> it's it's so funny because I. Just it was a joke I was doing with my friend because there's a bar. It closed down during the pandemic. Rest in peace, the Winchester Room. Oh. But uh, just down the street from me, where they had a Betty Boop statue, like a life size statue. And every oh. time we went, I would like I would That's joke around and yeah. put my arm around it, and we I take pictures. So there's like a photo of in one of the Mr. Boop books. That's just, <laughs> it's me with my arm around this like Betty statue from way before I even did Mr. Boop. But I just did the comic to make my friend laugh, or like I drew like a photo. Like yeah. like a, a fake photo, and then um, and then the comic took off, and I'm like, That's let's just keep it. this train going. There's nothing else to do. It's a pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've hinted at like the other work that you've done in the past. You've worked on a couple different like um, absolutely shows. I got an absolutely um, glass right here. I don't know if you can drink it, drinking from a glass that I stole from the office. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. That rocks. Um, <laughs> but thing. you know. Hey, there's so many different like things intersecting in the film and TV labor world, and we're not in LA. We don't fucking know shit. We're like, you know. Oh yeah, I can help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we love I, to learn. So... <laughs> we love to learn. We love to learn. What's, what's funny is uh, when the pandemic hit, I was just finishing, um, like, literally end of February. We had just wrapped um, pickups for Eric Andre Show season five. And so I was done working. I didn't have a job like lined up and then pandemic hit and I was on unemployment for like most of that year. Yeah. And then um, partly because of Mr. Boop and some other friends help, um, I ended up getting a job in video games instead. So now I'm not even in TV, but the whole time uh, I wasn't like 
near the uh, when the pandemic was kind of winding down and productions were starting up again, I was dreading the thought of having to go back to work because like what I was doing was production coordinating, which mm-hmm. means I'm sort of overseeing all the different departments, making sure they have what they need, um, uh, showing up early and opening up the stage and getting to set, like getting to not set on Eric Andre, but like uh, yeah. the street locations where we film a prank or something like getting there and making sure things are ready to go. Um, just coordinating in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And that job sounded so much worse coming out of a pandemic where you also had to account for <laughs> trying to keep people healthy on set. And yeah. there's COVID compliance officers now that are yeah. dividing up each uh, crew into like different sectors that can't intersect. And of course, I, I, I call it escaping almost because um, as much as I do love working in TV and working on those comedy shows, like I was already at my wit's end after like five plus years of doing it and i know everyone else that i was working with felt similarly and a lot of them did go back and it has not it's been so much worse than it was before the pandemic for a lot of obvious yeah. reasons and a lot of less obvious reasons and i think sorry i'm, I'm leading into this this whole strike thing but <laughs> let's go um, essentially i think everybody got a taste of extended time off mm-hmm. remembered mm-hmm. what it was like to have a social life because when you're working in tv the hours are no exaggeration, 12 to 15 hour days. Yeah. When you go home, you have to wake back up at like 6 a.m. the next day. So you just go right to sleep. And usually you have to do a little bit of prep for your job still once you're home. And then you go right back in and you have a full week of this and you lose every other aspect of your life until the production's done. And that could be two or three months. And then you play hard for like two weeks until your next job starts. Now, getting a taste of a life that's a little more normalized and having like free time during the day, I think that was a wake up call. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, the way productions were handled post COVID, which was poorly, was a second wake up call. <laughs> and then they yeah. shut down a vaccine facility to shoot some fucking Netflix bullshit. <laughs> well, like I think the, that's the, cool. I love Netflix. <laughs> it was the it was the girl meets bo- oh fuck. It was the gender bent. Um, she's all that. It was the oh, oh my god. They shut wow. down. You mean gender unbent? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think it's like such, it really says something if you're like, <laughs> working in video games is so easy compared to like, I it is saying anyone, something. You know? I, yeah. Because that's like, I mean, I will say crunch, I'm, I'm writing. Crunch is notorious also. And yeah, notorious crunched. Like, well, I don't I, know. The game I'm working on yet. is not near the, like, it's not close to the ship date yet so you know it could get it could get a lot worse could get hellish it could get hellish also i'm writing so i'm in a very different spot than a lot of like video game workers are in i i don't think i'm going to be facing a lot of the same struggles they would be in a situation where crunch is happening Mm -hmm. but absolutely though uh games feels like a breath of fresh air (laughs) (laughs) and i and i'm so grateful but i also loved i loved working in tv i think that's the underlying thing is everybody i know who works in tv in any department really does enjoy their job Mm -hmm. it's just everything about the way that that system works is making it harder for them to enjoy their job making it actually and making it less safe and (laughs) yes like I have stories, yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, we let's talk about them. Like, I mean, as much as you feel comfortable talking about them. We can bleep names and stuff. um, Yeah, I'll I'll avoid names. There's obviously a lot of, like, I don't care about naming names necessarily, but it is uh, is messy. Um, Yeah. I don't 
care at all about telling people what happened on sets I've been on. Yeah. And I've worked with producers that uh, I despise as humans. <laughs> I've worked yes. with producers yeah. who were very friendly and helpful and did the best that they could to make sure the crew was happy. And I've worked with producers who are best described as um, incompetent, but not malicious, mm-hmm. where those sets still suck, but you don't have anyone to get yeah. mad at because yeah. they're just trying their yeah. best and they don't know how to do better. And all three of those, like, you're going to run into a bunch of them, but more often than not, um, incompetent and malicious producers will be. <laughs> oh, that's the, yeah. yeah, that's the worst <laughs> one for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, competent and malicious is uh, sometimes. Oh, yeah, I was dividing them. Yeah, most of the yeah. malicious ones are competent. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, there's yeah. there's a particular producer that I, I will refrain from naming, Yeah. but I've worked on multiple shows with them, and I worked in a position where at, I'm in the production department, which means I'm working directly below them. And a lot of times it's not like they're grooming you for their job, but they are trying to impart knowledge on you. So I would get a unique insight into all the ways that they wanted to dehumanize the crews and all the ways they hated the the unions that they had to skirt around and all the ways that uh, you could get away with things. And those would all be taught to me as if they were like, here's a trick of the trade. Oh, totally. Cause there's (laughs) nothing like old dudes love more than to like, pretend that they're a mentor to someone these aren't even old dudes that's the fucked up (laughs) it's a 25 year old i mean yeah this this is like the production companies i worked at were scrappier non-union alt comedy Mm -hmm. places um and it's not just absolutely and absolutely certainly has a reputation for like low pay and um and for having pretty shaky non-union sets where things things don't work out the way they should and they don't run as smoothly that said that scrappy nature is the appeal for a lot of people and it offers a lot of camaraderie and small like i i would any day work on a crappy non-union show than i would on a like um big network like i worked on the voice for a couple days as a pa oh wow and i've never felt like less of a human (laughs) (laughs) wait did you see the moment where they like do the button? No, I was I wasn't on set. I mean, I have I have friends that work on The Voice and The Mass Singer too, and they're they're the best people in the world. But I don't I don't want to work on shows like that. Um, and yeah. it's just because they're they're so big and and uh, like squeaky clean, mm-hmm. not in the the right senses, but like in a, we have a way we do things, and it's got to be this way. And you are just a cog in our machine. Um, where he is at Abso um, or a lot of these other similarly sized places like you can start as an intern and within five or six years, you can be producing. <laughs> That's yeah. like, that is not unheard of. And in fact, pretty common, especially in Abso's earlier days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what I've heard with Abso is that it's like, it's literally just people who really, really like them. Like being like, I'll yes. work. I'll Which work. is a trap. <laughs> and the, that's a trap, but it's, like, and- <laughs> it's something that Abso, um, knowingly or not, takes advantage of because a lot of people are just huge fans of those shows and are willing to put up with a lot of dehumanization to work on them. It's, yeah, it's a, it is a tricky territory. And I mean, even like, I would say like on cinema, it's a tricky, I'm like the hugest on cinema fan day <laughs> One, I am on the podcast in one of the. <laughs> oh yeah, you told me that. <laughs> I told you I'm, I'm a voice in an episode with Mark Proch. <laughs> so I can never remember the episode. I always have to have someone dig it up for me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's, I, that's part of it. Like it's it's so scrappy. Like I love everybody on those shows, 
because the lines blurred like the people who end up in charge are the people that were like working alongside you two weeks ago like it just everything keeps shifting and on, on cinema i was just helping out one day and and uh the director notarnicola just called me over like hey you want to do a voice real fast i just need someone to talk on off screen like it is that scrappy that's not going to happen on a network show they're not going to no. call over like a pa to do a voice right i mean and it's it, it's it's a it's a weird line because it's like people who are like literally approaching them and being like i made an entire website for the timeline for on cinema and now i'm going to create your own streaming platform so that you can continue <laughs> to do yes. on cinema uh, even though it's been canceled um just through pure fa- passion of the the fans um yeah. which is like it's not necessarily an exploitative thing. It's just like, it's just community driven in a way. Uh, It's community driven. Um, It's just like, it could be a little tricky. Specific type of obsessive. uh, Yes. Well, it reminds me of how the internet works in a macro sense where like, we keep these big internet platforms running like it's all us and even though it's bad for us us, and um we hate it like at the same time uh we just keep we keep it going but you know on cinema we don't hate it we love it and like maybe if we can just get everyone to be off of um twitter and make a new on cinema twitter (laughs) like not Twitter, but it's like, <laughs> and like that's the thing. Like it, these things become weird little tautologies that like rein, like just keep reinforcing. I mean, that thing. just reminds me of like old message board days where I would spend like hours on a specific Mega Man message board that oh, was only about Mega Man, and then like, yeah, yes. yeah you, you just what, what we really want is a non, <laughs> an on cinema message board. <laughs> My friend has been lurking the same uh, message board since it's like called something trl and it's literally from back when tlr first started on mtv <laughs> and it's and he's like i never post that's i've just so been watching these people's around. lives like unfold for the past. that's so wild you gotta post. it's really sick yeah i found a forum that was like about austin tech i'm from austin and it was a and there were a bunch of threads about like this dead mall and how like it would be like oh yeah i got my first hand job in that theater <laughs> like, oh my god 1986 and like I'm, i do i i do think there's a lot of like um we lost an- so much th- yeah <laughs> well there's really a lot did. of like anthropological appeal to yeah. the internet yeah. and it, like that curiosity is something i feel like isn't talked about very much um with why these things perpetuate because it's not necessarily um posting it's also just looking <laughs> like yeah. looking no, all the time it's like it's weird to like lurking now is creepy it's creepy to go and like learn about a, go on a bunch of people's social media profiles and like read every single thing on there but like on a message board it's free game like i almost think it's i think it's fine to do it now <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe like, like the interaction of several people. I like, see. You're like witnessing a friendship form. That's that's something that has always yeah. like kind of sat weirdly with me with Twitter in particular is that yeah. it's it's to me an evolution of message boards and I treat it that way as mm-hmm. like an open chat room, but it's also one where everybody's account is their own performance. Like you are putting on a show, right. and yeah. if you just have a friendly conversation with with somebody else on Twitter and on the timeline, like 
you're both performing. It's not as honest as it would be if you were just like in a chat room together or if you were in person. Mm-hmm. You both are dimly aware that someone else can read these. So you might be like trying to make a joke more than you would be otherwise or all these yeah. artificial layers to an interaction because of the the exhibitionist nature of it. It's oh, yeah. true. I mean, I, I, I mean, I feel like I've always done the weird like voyeuristic anthropological study on like because i i used to love all those accounts that would aggregate like um goons txt or like um (laughs) free republic free republic.txt or like i'm just like how do these people fucking (laughs) what are they like what what's their deal what's with all the the the, they're the mega workers yeah like i i yeah i mean or like first vulcan youtube comments uh, or, or like just What's studying disco comments disco youtube comments yes or... oh, oh disco you, d- disco so comments good. is really good i mean it's sad part of it is wholesome part of it is like um truly wanting to understand um, yeah, it how... is, it, like you said it's anthropological like it's just it's almost uh there's no opinion of it just we're gonna put this out there it's obviously <laughs> got this veneer of we're making fun of these people maybe but <laughs> i like tracking how the um something awful people do um on uh, like as as oh, a, a bunch of my online friends are are, are something because in yeah. real life almost none of my friends are on twitter i i feel like i have a very stark separation of like i don't know la is not as big of a twitter city as new york is so a it's lot of my online hang out outside yeah, yeah we we all we all I work in <laughs> we all work in media we all work in media yeah. that's a huge part of it uh, like even if you don't technically work in media you work in media in some way (laughs) very hard to escape it in new york like it is kind of like like the un's here like you know wall wall street is here like that proximity um like character like puts a character onto people um like that i think like you don't necessarily have to do like definitely la has it's LA's own. got its own poisons, yeah. Shit, right. yeah. It's just like, yeah, it makes sense for us. Also, like, you know, we have a, a, a winter season where it is much harder to do this. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think of, like, sorry, it's so dumb, and a million people have said this, but I do think of, like, LA is Instagram, New York is Twitter. And it's so yeah. true. I'm a Twitter yeah. kid in LA. <laughs> well, exactly. It's shitty heaven and fun hell. That's Did one of the best tweets of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I should like write that down because I always did you make up sh- did you make up shitty heaven fun no 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 that, no, 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 no. that was like that. a long standing that's a classic. I think it was Nietzsche. Yeah, it was Nietzsche, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i mean uh, but i i'm i I like thinking about the the political economy of um of, of like some where the something awful people started and where they are now and like like mm. i like i don't know i i think that's really interesting like that if you are like people who have a buy-in on the internet even if it's not like uh cryptocurrency people which like um of like a lot of the something awful people that i follow like weren't were never really crypto people it's like it's this other type of like inner like like cultural capital or internet cachet um, even just like accruing followers just oh, yeah. from remember like Favestar? Yeah, Favestar <laughs> yeah. people. Yes. Well also that was, like, that, was that to me. That's what you that's what you're describing. That is yeah. what I'm describing. That's yeah. exactly what I'm describing. It's its own thing. And I think a lot of them are starting to realize that they're just comedians. 
<laughs> I mean, there, it's that, but it's also a very real. Um, the numbers on Twitter, even though they're fake ostensibly, can genuinely be translated to dollar values. Like, yes, absolutely, you can yeah. get jobs out of it. You can get uh, like absolutely. sponsorships, I guess, influ- whatever it is. There's there's a million ways to actually turn that into something real. So like that game that seems kind of frivolous is a totally viable career path for yeah. a lot of people. It's the yeah. same as like saying I'm going to be a YouTube streamer or a Twitch streamer. Like it sounds stupid and whatever, but like, I don't know, people can climb that to a lucrative path. And people can fake it. Even if like the metric, like the Aussie media stuff, right? Aussie media like imploded because all the numbers were fake. Facebook video views. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Or yeah. the, and the YouTube ones too. Like it's, it, I had friends at Super Deluxe when that whole thing happened. and uh, That's all of them. That's yeah. all of them. Yeah. They all fucking work like that. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, that was that was rough. That was When I was working on I Think You Should Leave, we, we found out, A, that Detroiters was canceled, <laughs> which was, yeah, that sucked. And then, not that we, we didn't work on it, but we were like all fans of it because we loved him. And then, uh, yeah. and then like, I think it was either right before or right after. Then Super Deluxe hit. I don't know. It was like, it felt very apocalyptic. And while working on that show, we also like were in, it was such a low budget show and we weren't getting any love from Netflix and it felt like they were just going to dump the show and nobody was going to watch it. Oh. So we were like convinced like this show's so funny. It's a shame nobody's going to watch it. And then of course it became a huge hit. <laughs> well, that's the, that is the, um, the, the, the power of um, just having a, a functional Twitter community even because like, Again, I think without the functional Twitter community, um, I think you should leave would not would yeah. would have been dumped. I well, think. that's that's the disconnect too. Like this, this brings me back to like all the TV stuff. Um, the way Netflix runs their shows, it's very much. I mean, everybody knows this. It's very quantity based. They just want a lot of content to fill their catalog. And like, I know before I think you should leave, they did the characters, which was like a sketch show where they just yeah. tried. They gave a bunch of comedians their own half hour to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And Tim Robinson had one of those. And as far as I can tell, it's like the Lonely Island guys produced uh, I Think You Should Leave. And they were probably just like, hey, this episode of your show is great. Let's do a show with this. And Netflix is like, sure, we'll give you the bare minimum amount of money you need to make a sketch show. And then we don't care. And they didn't. And it felt like an invisible show with no uh, oversight. And it was run terribly <laughs> I'll, I'll say that i love tim he's the nicest guy in the world um but like that show that show that production was pretty messy and you know not, like, not uncommon for a netflix production not uncommon and the the other fucked up part about it which i think people are learning about now more than ever with this with the strike brewing mm. um there's something called new media which when you're making a tv show if it's going to air on tv there's, there's a way to classify that. If it's going to be yeah. like an adult swim show that airs on network television, you know what the deals look like. Um, for all the streamers, including Netflix, you can classify your production under new media, which was invented to help them classify web series, like back in 2006. Yeah. Hell yeah. And you can imagine why you wouldn't want to pay your crew the same rates that you'd be paying like three people making a web series in their LA apartment. Obviously, it's not that drastic. It's not like literally that low, but the numbers are substantially less than a network TV show or a cable show. And there's no reason for them to be because these are real TV shows with crews who could just as well next month be working on 
a, a cable show. And yeah. they have to take these new media rates for a multitude of reasons, which is like, hey, uh, I got nothing to work on for these next two months. This is the best offer I have, or I really do right. like this show, I, or this is a new opportunity for me. With I have a job title I never had before. There's a million reasons you get roped into one of these shows. And again, with Hollywood in general, people do want to work because yeah. they want to work in this like TV sphere and in, in, in film. You like, also like, so we talked about this a little, we had um, Joe Hartzler on um, who is like a former SAG Astra and like decided to just kind of leave. <laughs> and he's amazing. Uh, uh, he, he's got, you know, I, I think he's a really interesting artist, um, but his like, uh, he, he went into like the kind of like new media um, stuff with us and then like how, like he would have to hit a certain standard, like amount that he made um, to be able to keep having health insurance and keep being in the union. Yeah, and then tough. <laughs> and the problem with, with SAG Astra is that they were like raising that, and so they were like pulling, basically pulling the rug out from under the wow. lowest uh, tier uh, union members. Um, which, I mean, that's another thing. Yeah. Like yeah. that, like people will work on shows with terrible rates because they need to clock in their hours. Exactly. They need to, they need to hit a limit or else they run out of insurance or they, they get kicked out, like whatever it is. I don't know. It's so funny. Cause I, I was on, um, on season five of Eric Andre, the show flipped for the first time in all of its, its time airing. And, uh, that meant I was going to be allowed to join the union and I, legitimately went back and forth on it forever and I ended up not joining because certain roles are not actually covered in a helpful way like a production coordinator um I wouldn't benefit that much it would actually be pretty expensive and <laughs> there's there's there were like so many factors like unless I was going to consistently get work as a production coordinator on like network shows or like something where it was going to come regularly maybe then it would have been worth it but like at the level I was at I'm like oh man I, I want to join the union, but you're not giving me enough reasons to. <laughs> well, and it's like all of these, even even though Hollywood is kind of the, one of the last areas that are just like full of unions, it's not just like one, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, there's, there's multiple, like you can get away with uh, hiring one of the less obtrusive unions um, right. for your show, like not hiring, um, like, like making a deal with them for your show. Totally. And then you can avoid the more difficult to navigate union rules. Right. Yeah. Um, I've been on shows where producers will change the titles of roles that I've had or my friends have had so that they don't line up with a union role because if the show oh. ever flipped, you would then have to up the rate for that person. So I've been production secretary. I've seen a wow. cue card PA. These roles don't exist for real, but they're made up as a, as a means to and malicious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and all of this is like pr so, so predicated upon like, like these different tier systems and that's, you know, how um, traditionally like things like, like industries get disrupted. So like even before, um, new media, the the big disruptor in film and TV was reality t television. And like that, when we were kids, led to like the writer's strike and stuff like that. Well, you no, know? it was the reverse. Well, yeah, it's it exactly. was the reverse. Right, yeah. 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 yeah you know and what's I mean. interesting about this strike is, well, the writer's strike mm -hmm. meant that they could keep making content, they just couldn't Absolutely. write it. So of course, reality TV flourished because now, hey, we have something that we don't need to write, which isn't true because it there is are writers. Written, but it's, <laughs> it's written in post too. Like all, yeah. it's all like the... 
there's a whole thing about like editors doing the job of writers during that era because like yep. <laughs> yeah they are telling a story it's just yeah they're making their own decisions um well actually it's kind of like improv quite a bit i feel like because mm-hmm. it would be you know you show up and it's like okay well you're gonna act like this and then go like <laughs> yeah a lot of it is uh it's hidden writing and that the producers have a goal yeah for what they want to happen and they'll try to guide it in that direction yeah but what's interesting about this this uh perspective new strike is it's crews it's not like you, you wouldn't be and it's not just crews it's also the editors it's like the whole yeah. industry is included like the writers have nothing to write for the actors have nothing to act mm-hmm. in you can't keep making content because you don't have someone to hold your camera your light like yep. Yeah. You can't even edit the stuff that you already shot if you're trying to get it under the wire. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, it's it's going to be a bigger hit if it happens. I mean, I don't know how clued in you are in the state of it right now, but I will walk you through very briefly. No, yeah, like. you should walk yeah. it through for, for our listeners, because I, I know that yeah. they there is a deal, tentative deal, but it's it, it still has to go through, like, several different locals, right? Yeah, so my, my eyes have been glued to this, like, even though, like I said, I'm in games right now, but, I mean, all of my close friends out here are still in the mix of all this. Well, it's also, like, like yeah. enormous. You're, you're the perfect <laughs> guest to have on this show, because you have, like, you can just... <laughs> like fucking gossip to us i'm gonna gossip <laughs> well yeah like, so so in the lead up like um everyone was actually feeling excited at the prospect of a strike by my read because like there, there was a strike sorry i mean it, i mean like in some ways it was it was cathartic because everybody was finally talking about it like there was an instagram account called ia stories um yeah where people were anonymously sending in their horror stories about working in the industry. And I think like that type of account mixed with people just sharing their stories and actually talking about it for once, which is of course what you're supposed to do. Like this is, this is what we should have been doing years ago, but decades of, of brewing frustrations are all coming to a head here. And people are like, shit, that's not okay. I've been doing, I've been working 15 hour days. I almost got into a car accident driving home um, after a full work day. Cause I haven't slept in a week. Like people are starting to put these stories together and, they're they're like fired up they're ready to go and so in the lead up to the strike the authorization the vote was like 98 what's the number it was like 98 percent voted yes mm-hmm. and there was a 90 percent turnout for everybody and <laughs> wow. yeah and that's like that's absolutely insane numbers huge. yeah yeah we, we covered it when it happened yeah of course yeah yeah. Huge. yeah and then <laughs> we were waiting on pins and needles to hear like okay, so is the strike going to get called? Is it going to happen? And they're negotiating with uh, the studios for like a week. And then we hear that a deal's been reached and everyone's pretty tentative because like it was two days before the Monday the strike would have started and people had picket signs made. People were like, they, they, they honestly like not, it, it sounds dumb, but like they really did want to go onto the streets and show yeah. how fucking mad they were. It's and not then, dumb. It's fucking yeah, I know it's amazing. Not dumb. It's it's. <laughs> It is. I, like, I only say it's dumb to want a strike and to not want a deal, but I think right, when the deal yeah, the, right, when yeah. the deal was made, we didn't know what the terms were right away. There was like an hour, and it's like, it was like a long hour before the, the the terms were revealed, and everyone was like, "I don't know if I should be optimistic or not." And then they came out, and there were news articles everywhere. Were like. Oh, a miraculous agreements reached between IATSE and the studios, and bullshit. It was bullshit. Yeah, and all of my group texts and everyone I know is going like, "What the fuck is this? This yeah. is nothing. This is not what we wanted at all. It's vague. It doesn't make sense." There were things like 
living wages achieved was like one of the bullet points. <laughs> achieved. And we're, we're like, what does that mean though? <laughs> nothing <laughs> about fair. nothing about the new media streamer stuff. <laughs> nothing about, I don't know, like there, there were a million things that were just glossed over and. 14 hour days still. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is. Like <laughs> and so <laughs> where we left it basically, as far as I know, is everybody is probably going to vote down this deal and then they'll have to go back to the table. I don't know the time frame on that. I am now out of the loop because I don't know where this information is being shared. And But yeah. And then, of course, we had the Alec Baldwin scenario. Oh, and- my God. <laughs> well, OK, I'm a bit of a truther about it. Just heads up. A okay. little bit. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I, I think, you know, I think that there's a good chance that Alec Baldwin was a murderer even before this incident. Ooh. So, oh. <laughs> I well, don't like Alec it. Baldwin and I don't uh, care what happens to him. However, yeah. uh, I do it. truly honestly think it was in more, it was a mortifying accident that he had no ownership of. I don't see a version of this where he... <laughs> He right. like wanted to hurt yeah. anybody, but he should still um, kill himself. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> listen, listen. My, I have a lot of theories, um, but the um, I, I won't get into my in, my most insane truther theories. Oh but come on! I I mean I will if you guys if you guys really want me to get into my really insane truther. Theories. If somebody is listening to this for fifty seven minutes, <laughs> they're ready. They're ready. <laughs> They're asking. Yeah, for it's it. true. You guys have earned my insane takes, and here they are. Al, like they're, you know, okay. So Alec Baldwin um, is um, a piece of shit um, who um, is also a producer on that set. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing is, his capacity as a person might have it, it's accident probably his capacity as a producer does he have responsibility maybe maybe oh, i'd say absolutely and i i yeah i mean i'm you know leaning I, towards yeah that. i have thoughts on on that and it's mostly that those producer credits are handed out like candy oh. to to roles and execs or to this like cast fair. members and exec so point being he that's on paper that does not affect his job in any way. I think he's just he's just acting, and that's it. When it says he's a producer, he's not sitting at the desk and actually planning out parts of the movie. Oh. That that falls on the actual producers. Yeah. Like he's probably got an exec producer credit, which again is meaningless and can be handed out. Just I think to, it remains uh, to be seen. Part of a I think it remains. I think it remains to be seen. No, I think he. I think here's the thing. I think by putting your name on it in that capacity, you do start to take ownership from that's it. That's right. Yeah, that's that's something he should have considered when he wanted that title, um, and asked for it in his contract or however it happened. Yeah. However, that, that's it, like, yeah. Well, that's the thing about enforcing titles, right? That's yeah. the thing about if you like, want that to be a real title and you want it to mean something, then it means something here. Like, <laughs> and it's a non-union set. Um, you know, it's a it's a non-union set, and the the woman who was killed. Um, was very active in trying to make it a safer set and a bunch of people on her team quit. Yeah, the camera crew walked off the morning of and like, I don't know how many people know this, but like the DP and the camera crew are an island. They are tight knit. Like the camera crew does not talk to basically anybody on set except the DP. Huh. On any on any set I've been on, like camera crew is the hardest to break into, to like talk to because they're just in their own world. So like that means if they walked off and she stayed... She had to make a very hard call, I think. Like, 
She's yeah, already I, dealing yeah. with a stressful set situation, as far as I can read it. Well, I was kind of surprised that, yeah, when I found out that, like, the camera crew left and that she wasn't with them, I guess. I don't know how common... I don't know. It's, it's not that it's uncommon. It's that most of the time that there's a camera crew on a set, almost every one of them was hired by the DP. Like, they bring the camera yeah. crew. That's not something, like, the producers will source. Like, you, you hire the DP, and then they source their crew. So that means her crew walked off, not because they were, I doubt they were mad at her. I bet it was a, oh, hey, we okay. understand that, like, you, you probably need this. to stay, yeah. Yeah. but we can't do this. And she's probably Listen. telling the producers, like, my, my team's going to walk. Like, what are, yeah. what are you going to do right. to make this right? Yeah. I'm lighting up my Colombo cigar. <laughs> yes. And uh, thinking um, long and hard about motive um, in a, a potential homicide case. And... I don't think it's that outside the realm of possibility. <laughs> um, she that, had to go. You I know, appreciate the truther angle. But that's like, my truther. That's my like most truther angle. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm 100 there. My um, uh, criminal negligence um, position is probably more where I actually am, which is like yeah. That's that's the, where I'm at. It's it's negligence. Yeah. The AD shouldn't have been handling the gun. Yeah. They did not have a like an experienced prop crew. The armor was double mm-hmm. i have heard the other thing i've here's, heard that the the cat or sorry the call no, sheet yeah. listed the armorer and the prop maker as the same person which is a sign that they're skimping like yeah yeah i don't know how well known that is i just have i have friends that have seen the call sheet and told me that um huh. i love that piece yeah. of gossip i love I, <laughs> that's well, the important. thing is like yeah like yeah. talk about like internet anthropology or anthropological study, like like sifting through fucking bullshit TikToks or bullshit fucking um, Instagram comments for like potential. <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> it's I mean, really gross. It's very, uh, it's very, um, what's the word? Like gauche and rude, <laughs> um, and fucked up, and part of like the same like toxic like my favorite murder type shit yes, i'm not, I'm yes, not trying yeah. i'm not trying to go there i'm legit like it's information gathering yeah here, but like my because my other thing about alec baldwin is he's such a fucking liberal tool like literally a tool for <laughs> the <laughs> liberal media he's and a spanner in the hand of the capital <laughs> that's what i'm like i'm like you know Can i don't want I'm, I'm starting to be like yeah. that's like where my truth or cap is going too far, I think. And I'm like going, um, I sound, I start to sound like a like right wing guy out against, Alpha, right, which yeah, there are yeah, a ton yeah. of on There's the internet. A ton, and I saw those tweets like the day of, and it was getting, it was, yeah. so, so here's, here's part of my, my uh, pushback against any of this truth or stuff you're doing fairly. Um, and it's that no, it is fair. I, it is fair. I don't want the conversation to be about Alec Baldwin and of course, it's going to be about him because he's a celebrity and he, mm-hmm. because of this freak accident, was the one who pulled the trigger that killed somebody. But yeah. in reality, it's not, to me, we should be talking instead about the set, the, the set itself, like the, the safety protocols. The, it should be a labor issue. It should be about mm-hmm. the strike, like, yeah. because it's directly related. Like, as soon as the, the news came out that the camera crew walked off, I'm like, that's the smoking gun that we need mm-hmm. to actually talk about the right thing. And then, Nobody took that. Everyone's still talking about it. Yeah. Well, I have a really, I have a dumb question first. Um, Like, why the fuck are people using real guns on sets? There's a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons. Why are there not like? And it's also, it's also much safer than you think. I've been on sets with squibs. I've been on sets with blanks. Um, 
you you have protocols in place and people take them very seriously. It is, I mean, I, Eric Andre will shoot a gun in the middle of an interview. Um, it's blanks and he's, and he's safe, but he knows where to shoot it. He's been told not to point it at people. Like there very rarely does this fuck up. And so many movies and TV shows use fake guns without an accident. This isn't because of the guns being on set. It's because of the people running the show right. and the okay. safety protocols uh, and trying yeah. to skim play. Like, I would just think it would be something that like they would make a gun, make it look like a gun. And then it, just doesn't even have a real firing mechanism it just makes a loud noise but there's there's obviously like someone should yeah. fix that someone that should come up cool, with like but... i mean the, i think the reasoning is that like even it's safe to shoot a gun yeah. the way they do it on sets but you just need the expertise yeah i mean i'm like, saying this as somebody like i i enjoy shooting i don't have a gun but like sure. i'm not anti-gun um but it just seems a little bizarre for like yeah, everything uh, else can be CG. Why not guns? Like, I get well, it. Not even CG, just like, <laughs> I don't, I, never mind. Anyway. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's, a, it's a super valid conversation. Like, yeah, like, why don't, I mean, people can probably come up with at some point, and maybe now they will, like, a fake gun that looks a little more convincing and isn't as dangerous. Um, yeah. I don't know enough about why they don't do that. I think a lot of it is because, like, when you're filming a movie that recalls, like, if this one was a Western, they wanted a very specific yeah. gun. So right. like, yeah, yeah. Anyone who invents these fake guns, are you gonna do that for every single make and model, or are you just gonna take exactly. an existing gun and make it That's safe? I, yeah, no, it's and true. It's you true. can't yeah. like, and 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 I think like like the my other truth or brain about it is like it's it's like of another big spectacle to further undercut the need to have crews. I like my my point of bringing up Alec Baldwin as a liberal tool is that perhaps. <laughs> somebody set him up to do this accident oh, and that's yeah. my super fucking truth or shit um that where, is such a Columbo take i know i know that's good. And, and i'm and and I'll, like i wasn't trying to say i, I wasn't would kill to for say, the Columbo episode where he, he harasses <laughs> alec baldwin i wasn't i wasn't trying to bring up like liberals just to invoke liberals yeah like but right. i'm trying to say about the thing with with like um being a tool of the liberal establishment is that their whole deal is like people not being able to tell if things are negligence or if things are intentional <laughs> that's literally everything that's the fucking biden administration that's the the that's the like obama years with drone strikes that's like you know everything like uh, and trump too trump's a liberal too i'm not you know he's also a liberal <laughs> like, like that i'm dead serious like yeah you know th their whole thing is like constantly like trying to play at like yeah, these COVID deaths were unavoidable or like, you know, mm -hmm. this was this. And like, you know, they are constantly um, shielding themselves from culpability and taking responsibility for the shit they have power over. And that's fucking Alec Baldwin on this set. He had power over this set. So whether it was an accident, a setup or an actual murder, one-to-one -one, it doesn't matter because <laughs> he's still responsible he should still walk into the sea he should still fucking get his you know like i would say i would say he's responsible but i want to like draw distinctions like which ways he's responsible like yeah yeah but i also like, i mean i totally get i totally get what you're saying <laughs> it's like it's fair like yeah if we're gonna like put it through the actual like 
bullshit criminal justice system that we have now like i'm mm-hmm. i'm sure he'll get hit with like of of a negligence charge or some something like that accident like legally technically and but you know that's how they always do it that's how i mean that's how in, everybody in, in film it's, it's it. tricky yeah like what was it the brandon lee thing i think uh nobody went to jail because it, like the net was cast so wide so many people made mistakes on the way to the brandon lee fatality happening that you oh. couldn't uh like successfully pinpoint any, yeah like yeah. You, you could you couldn't like make a case for any one particular person and That's then i like think the cube man <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's whatever it was made as a metaphor but like <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i appreciate you guys hearing out my um, <laughs> oh, really gladly. insane bullshit um I, yeah, I, I also like called into Jack Allison's show today to make him talk about this because I'm like, we gotta fucking, we gotta get to the bottom of this. We gotta figure yes. this shit out. <laughs> and he's like, this is like traumatic and fucked up, and I hate it. And I'm like, I totally, that's totally fair. I'm <laughs> insane. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I and I just want to see like people in power get theirs no i agree it's to me i want i want alec baldwin to get his but i also don't want him to become the the main event here like there's it's true yeah there's a lot that he's distracting from and well to go back i design i think i think you're right that even once this happened whether whether it was a conspiracy or not like now that it's happened all the machines are in play Mm -hmm. to use this in whichever way benefits them the most like within hours they were like mike cernovich was like tweeting yep shit about Alec Baldwin. I mean it's it's all and I think I think frustrating. The, the take the takeaway for people who consider themselves on, on the left is to listen and center the workers like you're right. like you're doing Alec like exactly like you're doing like listen listen to what like in regards to the gun conversation too right because like I think immediately the um technocrats were taking it in the like yes. just make everything CGI totally. Totally. um yeah. which is like their solution to literally everything and why <laughs> wait let's let's get our dune takes in at the end here let's get our dune okay, takes please. in <laughs> Let's get our dune takes in, um, which is why everything is so vapid and so boring and so bland. And Wait, I'm sorry. Is that a dune take? That's my dune take. Sorry. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, Sarah. Okay, anyway. It's fine. <laughs> um, I just think he should have winced more when his hand was in the box. <laughs> I think he should have cried more at the end, but I have, <laughs> but I have actual reasons that I'll get into later about that. But. Okay. I like anyway. the costuming. Um, oh, yeah. Which is more than I can say for most um, big budget mm-hmm. uh, movies nowadays. Um, I think my standards have become so high that even the parts of this that I did think were well done, I'm like, I don't want this though. I want so much better. And no, like it's it's one of those things where I'm getting so little of the food I want to eat from Hollywood that when I get something that like is a little seasoned, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm I'm supposed to be grateful. No. Uh, no, I'm absolutely not yeah. grateful. I'm just trying to be like positive. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not even trying to be positive. I'm just trying to be like this is because my other big take was like this is the best the United States film industry can do. This yeah. is the best. Yeah, I, I would yeah. agree with that. That um, is uh, that is both a snide criticism and a fair compliment. Well, and it's it's not a uh, an American director. 
Yeah, but it's an <laughs> American production. He's, he's working within I mean, the American yeah. we can't even... industry confines. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but anything that's good about it is probably because he's not American. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's probably uh, that's probably very fair. <laughs> Um, this is also why I'm so obsessed with the fucking movie Annette that I had to make like a separate podcast just to talk about the movie. Annette, <laughs> I haven't seen so. it yet. I, I, you keep making me want to every time I see you, you talk about to. it. I'm going to stream it on Friday. You should come. I mean, it's 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 a it's a very it's, good invitation. I might take you up on that. <laughs> yeah, come because I'm streaming during the normal Michael DeForge time because he's <laughs> he's banned from streaming Love Bites. Oh yeah, <laughs> what a, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> After all this time, that's that's what takes them down. Yeah, they don't like gay porno. There's a specific algorithm that is homophobic. There's a, yeah, there's a spider crawling through the Twitch <laughs> database. Uh-oh, I can sniff it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dune, I thought, was, um, like all movies now, um, just this really strange, like particularly the architecture and sets, uh-huh. Um, bothered me a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. And 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 with Dune, I, I mean, you could speak more to this because I think you're more of a Dune head than me. I've only maybe read the first one. <laughs> this yeah, was I'm, my first Dune thing ever. Oh, welcome! <laughs> oh, well, we should watch the David Lynch one. I got, I'm going to watch it with Casey. So yeah, here's they, they the really thing: were, some <laughs> yeah, of the costuming good. that really works. Um, there is like I think what is interesting about the movie is that it makes these very weird kind of meta references to a lot of other Dune stuff, like, uh, and one of them being the costumes of the servants of um, Baron Harkonnen. I've always said Harkonnen, but I guess this is how we say it now, but (laughs) they're in these, these like incredible, like weird, like plastic sheaths. And that actually I think is like directly lifted from uh, the David Lynch Dune, where the entire planet there is like only redheads in like basically clear vinyl outfits, except then they've got like a heart plug that you can just and uh, they're right. like milking a sphinx cat and da da da. Anyway, <laughs> go sounds on. Fantastic! Can't wait. <laughs> I like I like the old one too. I like everything. I like movies. I mean, I also walked. <laughs> I'm just a fan. I walked. <laughs> I walked out of Prometheus like 10 years ago. I walked out. No, 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 no. It's worse. It's way worse. Uh, I saw I saw Prometheus with like a bunch of people, some people that like, you know, really only acquaintances. And I walked out of that theater and I said to everybody, I think that's the best sci fi I've seen in the past decade. And everybody was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, oh, Oh yeah, no, I guess you're right. <laughs> Remind me to tell you a story after this. I can't tell it now because I'm actually <laughs> making a note of that. Uh, but and... I don't think you were like necessarily wrong either, Sarah. Because no, like, I the was. Thing... Primer lot... had come out in the past, like I mean, three years. There's a lot of fun stuff in Prometheus. It's I mean, I, Prometheus yeah. was. I mean, seeing it in IMAX was great. For yeah. One so and same with Dune. It's like like for me, Dune as a movie needs to be drawing very directly from Lawrence of Arabia, which was 70 millimeter. And it's also like, yeah, I am a bit of a, you know, I haven't finished um, the last two books. I've only read the first two, first four, but. (laughs) First two, first four. (laughs) First four, yeah, wait. I have a a new pun I'd like to share with everybody. Oh yeah. 
you know, uh, you know what doom scrolling is? Uh, you can see where I'm going with this. No. <laughs> with all the people t- uh, tweeting no. about Dune lately, I feel like I've been Dune scrolling. Yeah, you should. Cheap. You gotta post that because um, the, the high rate of return for Dune puns right now. Invest <laughs> now, Dune and puns. Only now, yeah. yeah the futures market is waning, but it's you know beginning well, right now. Cool. I can wait for you. They have, yeah, and, that's right. And Twitter has that's already right. started turning on oh. on it anyway so continue like i do want to hear your well, thoughts about that's it. all i mean it's it like the thing with dune is like it's so much about like how royalty in eugenics is mm-hmm. fucked up and mm-hmm. makes all of these like insane stuff and like part of what's so interesting about it is it like takes that like it takes like royal and like um bloodlines and shit and eugenics like um to these like weird um sci-fi uh futures mm-hmm. and you have all of these different like um insanely like fucked up and e- eccentric groups that have mm-hmm. adapted to their like particular environments the problem is like you can you can like get a lot of that information through like you know costuming and makeup but you also really need to pay attention to the fucking um sets and the fucking mm-hmm. uh architecture and like all and of course like there's like nice architecture like it's it 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 looks all right but it has this like very particular modern eye that like um it's just like this like sleek kind of bullshit that it has zero imagination it's just like easy to do in cgi you are and- mimicking all of my notes and i mean <laughs> honestly, I, wa- I watched it with casey and they had, they were leading that charge they had all the same stuff to say like every every costume for each faction every set was an opportunity to tell the story and they all felt squandered and they also all looked the same yeah um, even mm-hmm. Even the fact that uh, what's the, the I don't know the Dune lore as well, but the planet that um, that Paul is from, Caladan. Is supposed, thank you so much. It's supposed to be lush and green and full of water, and yeah. I think there was like one expositional shot like that, but it visually was not set apart enough from the rest of the movie that it sat in my head as something notable. And I literally finished the movie like, did they even show the planet they came from and how it's different from? That's literally the opposite. That it's literally the opposite. It's supposed to be, right? Yeah, yeah, and it it doesn't read that way. And me watching this for my first time and not like having a Dune Mm. understanding going in, I like couldn't tell when they were leaving planets and landing on planets. I just saw desert the whole time. (laughs) Okay. And it's not that I wasn't paying attention. I'm not an illiterate. Like I'm film literate. I just think they did a poor job taking the opportunities they had to tell the story. Mm-hmm. through set design through costumes through through anything through anything that was yeah. not a great movie yeah <laughs> yeah i think the closest they had was was in the costuming um but, but even that everyone's wearing it black All yeah it's a lot of black. the same colors <laughs> yeah i mean yeah like it it's true there's too much black i mean there's and there's some interesting sound design choices for the different factions that i appreciated too like i uh, I loved the sound design i loved some of the devices like the sand compactor was so cool yeah oh the vehicle the vehicle design oh my god if if there was if there's a separate art director 
I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was a separate art director for the vehicle design, and they did a they did a passing job. They did a pretty good. But then job. you got the one arrival ship that just <laughs> you had to uh, throw in there. Yeah. The, oh yeah. Well, it's so just they a static have, yeah. shape that flies through the air on aerodynamically, which is interesting. Boring. I was thinking but. about this, and I think that the one of the really interesting ship designs they had. I'm not normally like a tech like sci-fi tech design kind of person but i actually like i i'm totally in love with those helicopters that have dragon wings oh that was great yeah those because great. like they call them although if you watch keep your hands off isaac and you've already seen that that's yeah, true I, well, I hadn't so i mean technically like the design it was a very similar design how it was in like the 1992 game video game um but like that's one of those weird things where it's like are they making a reference when they show these spice silos to like how insanely hard this stupid dune game was but um the- <laughs> i'm sure it's all it's all like whether it's conscious or not it's all in like it's all referential it's all yeah i mean he's a super fan that's yeah. what i would say like i really enjoyed it but i'm also kind of a super fan um, it did make me want to read the books and watch the other ones which is more than i could say for a lot of stuff like that yeah yeah and i think i think, I think you it's are probably the right. source material is getting credit for that too like just stripping yeah. through yeah but the thing is that with dune is that it's really hard to read because the it's actually not like the 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 the, <laughs> the world building is cool but it's hard it's hard to read it's hard oh, to Oh yeah, the middle part you can basically skip as far as I'm concerned. But that's true of all <laughs> of all of the Dune movies. You like can kind of check out for a little while and then come back. But <laughs> <laughs> I like a slow paced thing. I mean I'm not I'm not against it. That was that the thing anymore. I really liked. I felt like the David Lynch film was too fast paced and it also ended up meaning that they were like making up shit and it was like coming out it like had a weird conclusion that like was very like pro the eugenics yeah you know? true and and i think that <laughs> splitting this up into two movies is like giving them room because like uh villeneuve actually like he understands that these aren't the good guys. And I think a lot of times when people try to critique, that's what just drives me up the wall when people try to critique these movies. And it's like, you, you like, okay. Anyway. No, no, no. I love this. No, you're totally, you're totally right. That like, um, I think, I think it is pretty clear that, that they're not the good guys and they, and they have Timothy being like the, I'm, Bratty. I'm sympathetic. Yeah. I'm sympathetic. Yeah. Um, and well, see, I, I actually uh, thought he was like a. I didn't like his selection at first because Kyle MacLachlan was way hotter. But true. he kind of like I was saying this to my dad. Like he looks like an inbred homeschool kid. I was literally about to say you know? visually he was perfect <laughs> casting. I don't think he did a good job with the role, but I totally get why you cast him. <laughs> like, yeah, and I so- thought he was fine. I thought he was fine. I did not like the woman who played the mother. I yeah, did not. Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, she was. She was doing like a whole "I'm gonna cry at everything that happens" thing. I don't know. Was- but the crying wasn't even good. No, no, it felt weird every time. <laughs> it was weird, and then like she. Well, here's this. Is, this is my weird. Like, so I hate this director. I do not like anything he's made mm-hmm. except miraculously i love blade runner 2049 i, I thought it was fine i, I was uh, again i like I had it more than the original i i and it's <laughs> cool 
And it's so funny because I don't, I don't like this guy. And every yeah. time I read an interview with him talking about any movie, like especially Blade Runner, I like that movie less because I'm like, <laughs> like oh, he he mess, like he doesn't know what he's doing. Like there's mm-hmm. there's an interview where he talks about how Jared Leto made him cry because his performance was so beautiful in Blade Runner. <laughs> Hell yeah! And I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> he's in two scenes and he like slits somebody's throat and then yeah. monologues oh about crazy God. shit. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, Jared Leto is the worst part of of the. But played, and I, I fully I, agree, and I wish he wasn't in it. However, if he has to be in it, he is playing the right character, and he's playing yeah. a character you're supposed to hate. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It, that, that's very true. I it, I hate him, but uh, that movie no, I, it, against all odds, I can't stop raving about. It. I I liked it when I I I did not like hate it at all when when mm-hmm. I saw it and. Like I'm a huge fan of the original, mm-hmm. um, particularly the director's cut. I, you know, yeah. But you gotta have the little origami, or it doesn't mean anything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, the whole I don't. Point. I don't like the whole. Something I hate about the certain reads on the original is, uh, I don't like the question of is Harrison Ford is Deckard a, uh, a yeah. replicant. I hate that question. I think that's yeah. the most boring thing you can take away from that story, and to make it all about that ruins it for me so i i loved in the second one that like 20 minutes and you're like oh this guy's a replicant no questions asked <laughs> that was like a huge breath of fresh air for like oh, great great cool i'm not gonna this is not that kind of movie they're not taking the dumbest question you can do in a robot sci-fi movie and making it the focal point yeah leave the leave the dumb questions to me thank you <laughs> sorry no it's fine well, I, I, that's that's all valid. I I don't know. I I I'm gonna watch now. It made me realize um, that because um, like when I was ran, ranting about it, my my everybody wants to wants to talk about Dune right now, and, and my <laughs> my friends were like, "You gotta watch um, Raised by Wolves," and it's mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have to watch it now. No, no, now no. I have I have to watch it. I watched one oh, the Ridley Scott one. Yeah. It's, it's bad. It's bad. No, it's, bad. It's, it's, it's like I have to watch it. It's people un- keep it's talking so it up. Funny. Apparently, the ending is crazy, and I am curious, but I don't. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch all of it. <laughs> all right, have fun. Only like, only like six episodes. The costumes, just the costumes. Just the costumes yeah, look fun. Off. They look the fun. The costumes as fuck. are fun. I think, like, I, I, I liked that. Um, they were like, yeah, to be part of this religious order, you got to get a mullet. <laughs> that was my favorite part. But that is funny. Uh, yeah, I like I mean, that. I have that's, such that's specific good. desires for sci-fi, and I think nobody Mullets ever gets there. it right. And that was like <laughs> so far from what I wanted out of a sci-fi show. Yeah, it's true. Nobody really can um, can do. Yeah, I'm. I, I I'm trying to think of what even is like the top tier like i mean i think it's easy and i think they make it look hard like i think just nobody in hollywood is like literate in science fiction i (laughs) it's literally that like they're they're just not like fans of it they think they are because they're going off of like six other movies that had like spaceships or a Mm -hmm. cool fight like Mm -hmm. they're not i don't know it's there's there's I think it's easy. I'm gonna I'm gonna make good sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be great. I'm I'm excited for that. Um, frankly, I think that'll be <laughs> fucking sick. I mean, it's my it's my new comic, Crime Hot. There's the plug. <laughs> I'm oh yeah, read Crime Hot. Yeah, if everyone. Uh, 
Alex Patreon gonna drop that. It's in... so funny because the first one is lightly sci-fi, and then the second one is just all horny. There's yeah. there's no <laughs> there's like one page of sci-fi. <laughs> well, this is you know this this is this is why um, Promare is good too because mm-hmm. it all you know it's it um it's it's so genre it's so like I'm oh. genre. It's I'm, literally like I'm Deus Ex Machina. Like I'm 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 genre. <laughs> yeah. No, I I am such a proponent of just lean into genre shit that yeah. does not get anywhere near as much credit as it should in the, in the canon of any storytelling medium. Like it, that's that's where all the good important stuff is. I don't want your meditative thinky Oscar bait <laughs> shit. That's not for me. No, give me like people no, fighting should, and screaming. You should see the Lynch version. I can't wait. I am excited yeah. too. It's got. I would say the costumes are better in that, just because there's like every the screenshot I've seen. Weirdness. Looks like you're right. Yeah, they look weird. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and there it was like, because that's the thing. He also like brought in. What I did really miss was, uh, in the beginning of the Lynch movie, you see uh, the Guild navigators, which are these, like humanoids that consume they live in like spice gas like aquariums and they're like completely malformed but they're on so much spice that um they're able to like direct a ship through time and space and it's the only that's like the whole point um and Uh, yeah casey when we were watching got so mad they skipped it they were like what yeah (laughs) and it's got this like crazy weird like mouth that's like a hoof or something and (laughs) i was also a little bummed that we didn't get to see it but um i I think like overall i really enjoyed it i thought like the pacing was good oh i'll say i wanted him to cry more at the end and maybe he will at the beginning of the second one (laughs) but it's it's but it's purely like fan like fangirl reasons where it's like oh no he's supposed to cry a lot and that's what's supposed (laughs) to make everybody like him because they're like because that's what happens in the book he like he starts bawling because he killed a guy for the first time and uh and he's like oh my god everyone's gonna think i'm a pussy now and then everybody's like that's incredible you're shedding water for another human like you're amazing we love you like I like that. Yeah, that more yeah. of that. Please. Make Timothy Chalamet cry. Yeah, I like the water, like the the bodily fluid culture thing, like the spitting and everything. That was okay. Yeah, how much did it piss you off though that those scenes were like played off like quippy Marvel bullshit though? Yeah, I don't think it was. Really. Oh, the yeah, any Ugh. like unfortunately <laughs> was the one like that was insane. Yeah. Like there's a part where they literally like survive a, a life-threatening ordeal. I then... I saw that too and I was like that's a Okay, um, ableist much, first of all, but no. Script, script, bad. Script, script was bad. Script no, well, was script bad. was good when it was quoting book. They, But they didn't, they also forgot my favorite line in the book, which is Josh Brolin was supposed to say, uh, moods are for cattle. And wow, when he's talking about, you're not in the mood to fight. That's That shit's for cows. <laughs> and they cut it. Is that, a, it was, is that a pun on the word moo? No, no, it's not. Because <laughs> he, <laughs> the Josh Brolin character was not as good as the 
because uh, it's it's hard to it's it was Patrick Stewart in uh, oh wow the yeah, 80s that's a downgrade sorry yeah it's a downgrade and then also the this is a very Lynch decision like they they basically decided that the Atreides family like how the Queen has corgis they they yeah, had pugs they have yeah. pugs that oh. they like little the little ones and they like and it's perfect. That, fits, that fits with the genetic stuff yeah that, that yeah. exactly sense. yeah so like the david lynch weirdness fits with the world building but i think that this new building i was thinking about this it reflects more the way that dune is written like to it, it's monotonous like, monotonous <laughs> well like very hush tones and trying to guess at what other people are thinking it's a it's a hard book to do because it's like how do you how do you visualize a bunch of super smart people trying to figure out if each other a line you know yeah and so i, mean, I like uh, the sign language you just let it be boring looking i mean yeah, i don't you know you ever, you ever watch looking, the Black Heroes like, or like it's just people uh, talking and being political and backstabbing each other for like 110 episodes no, i haven't seen it no. it's amazing it, it is good <laughs> i i do agree or you could go the fucking mobius jodorowsky route where um you really really design yeah and you design everything. well yeah i mean you pay <laughs> dolly a hundred thousand dollars a day to do that's and that's like the laziness was, that's yeah. the fucking laziness because it's <laughs> like it's clear that like the the people working on it are just like this looks good and it's done. They're not thinking about the world building, which is the entire appeal of Dune. Like even like to cut the cow line, right? Maybe <laughs> they cut it because that would require them showing the lush greenery mm-hmm. and like ecology of the planet that he lived on and like See, the- I do just dis- I don't know. That must have just been like because my mind was primed for it because it was like oh yeah, this is rainy place because like all of, almost all of the outside scenes other than the like gray, like stormy day that he's talking with his dad. But all of the, almost all of the other scenes are like, it's raining outside. The the rain helps, but I think it's not that it was like, it's literally different. Like if you're looking at the images, you can say like, this is a different biome. But Mm. I think visually like, color palette wise and everything it, it always felt like you were looking at the same thing if you were just squinting and not really paying attention mm. like they didn't put a lot of work into setting anything apart visually but they they did literally place different things in each set right <laughs> yeah it's not enough yeah it's not enough to differentiate and if you really want to differentiate you could go like crazy maximal but that costs money <laughs> but i don't even know if it does because there's there's parts where they the color grade specifically muted everything the color grade went out Mm -hmm. of their way like i know that the shot of the sandworm in the trailer Mm -hmm. was brighter than it was in the movie they tried to they they said it was happening like at sunset or something at night Mm -hmm. so they they artificially made everything look a little bluer so you're like it looks like shit it looks like you're watching uh something that was like compressed for a video ipod for a second (laughs) Oh, one like weird, um, like stupid sci-fi thing was like, why don't they work at night? Why do they work during the day? Because it's too hot. No, but no, but they 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 are attacked at night. That's when everything happens. I don't. Oh, so but they, it was shown that they're working in the middle of the day. Well, there it's in the morning, but it's not night. You know what I mean? 
What? No, <laughs> I don't know what you're asking. Like when they go to the when they go to the spice compactor, it's light out. It's daytime. The spice compact the, the when they spice, visit spice like silos. The harvester. The harvester, yeah. The yeah. Harvester, yeah. Um well, the, the harvester. Yeah, the, the I know harvester. the compactor is the other thing. Or the, the sand cool. the sand compactor. Yeah. I yeah. love the visual like I don't know if this is how it is in the other dunes, but the the sand compactor had like the shape of the sandworm and the teeth mm-hmm. of the sandworm and the implication that it was designed to mimic the way it travels through sand. Like yep. that is what I wanted a lot. Love that. Yeah. That was, I, uh, no complaints there. I think that there are like these really, I guess it's like, I was able to kind of look over a lot of stuff because my, like I was saying, my mind is primed to just be like, Oh, that's how they're doing this part. Okay. Right, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, And, um, but like, I think something like with the, the worms there was a shot in it where um that you didn't really see i don't remember i mean it was in the book i don't know if it was described as such in the book but it didn't occur in david lynch's film either where like they are able to actually do something with like a camera which is like show that this is an this isn't a mouth this is an enormous eye staring at them and that was like okay all right that's like there's something actually being added that's of a film filmic quality to this. And so I was excited about that, but um, the, you do most of your, like when they're in the desert, when they're like fucked out there, you do everything at night because it's too, and that's just how it is in the normal desert. That's, I think it's it's red weird because like they're attacked, like when they're sleeping, they're attacked when they're sleeping and it's at night. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, this is like throwing me off, but we're, we went fair so, questions. They're fair well, questions. Well, no, they were. No, they were. You're right because um, he was outside during the day asking about the palm trees. Yes, um, water them at night. No, well, the whole point with the palm trees is to is to waste water. Yeah, right. That's the sacred. Because they're sacred. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> we went really fucking long talking about fucking Dune. God, I don't know how I'm gonna. F- do this i'm going to split this episode up or what jesus oh. christ <laughs> just um, the second dune bonus episode i've got yeah. more thoughts just <laughs> i've got plenty i knew yeah. this would happen God, i kind of knew <laughs> this would happen but we should we should let our guest go and thank you so much for coming on our show it was my pleasure thank you for having <laughs> me let's have fun everybody out there do your best um i see you deserve the world and more so Hell just, yeah. Uh, keep going. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. <laughs> Lots of fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Lots of fun.